Dios en el arco, la defensa es colosal. González, Orlando, La Torre, Nicolás, Fuentes y Chumpitas, Chalemifrin y Cubillas y el gran Pericoleón, Bailón y Alberto Gallardo completan la serie. Hello and welcome to the Peruvian Waltz. Peru come to um, the end of their qualifying rounds um, with a game against Ecuador at home, which ended as a one-all draw. I'm here with Kevin and Renato. Renato, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, there's a lot of stuff to cover on that happened in this Ecuador match that happened as of yesterday. It's, we got a lot to say, but I can't wait to talk about it. And Kevin, how are you doing? Um, I'm exhausted, but uh, honestly, I'm... I'm... I'm happy for the results. I think we're going strong into the last match days, so I have no complaints on my end. Yeah, I think I think exhausted explains it quite well, doesn't it? Um, I mean, watching those two games, uh, the Colombia game, as we covered before, was um, uh, a tough defensive fight with uh, with one counter attack to win the game. Uh, and this uh, this Ecuador game wasn't easy watching from the start, was it either? I think within within two minutes, um, a long ball over the top um, by um, I believe it was Torres, is it the uh, centre back for um, Ecuador? Uh, and Cayenne just lets it drop over his head. He's completely lost flight of the ball, lost his man, and we're punished within two minutes. Um, Renato, uh, it was a terrible, terrible way to start the game, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. That when you could see in like in the first minutes of the game, that's when you feel like there's some something's about to like the worst is about to come, and it just began. The problem what, what happened with the first goal that was conceded was that I felt like no one was marking down Michael Estrada, the Ecuadorian forward. Felix Torres, the center back, is like right from the far that, that no one was marking it down. The closest who was there was Alexander Kainz, but Kainz was far from Estrada. He read it perfectly. And that's where like Estrada just like managed to, to put that goal in for Ecuador. I just felt like our pressing in the first half was just all over the place. Like no pressing, not even the fours weren't getting involved in that. And even like at times, like the fullbacks, especially on the left side, were just, we're just like having a hard time dealing with the speed of the Ecuadorian players, if you if that's how it is. Yeah, they um, Ecuador started the um, the cleaner. I think what they were trying to do with the ball was much more organised. You could see they had a plan. Whereas I think the uh, the the early goal sort of took a big uh, took a big effect on like the nerves and the discipline of maybe the Peruvian players and it was a lot more it was a lot more chaotic it seemed um, from Peru in their attack it was knowing we need this goal um, we need to get back on track we can't lose this game and uh, Kevin I think what do you do you, do you feel that, that 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 early goal really caused an issue for how we were playing in that first half absolutely uh, it caught me off guard I was uh, I was racing home to catch the game and and I, I think I missed like the first five minutes and I was like well <laughs> no they already scored <laughs> and and I was even more surprised that it was off Gallens like Gallens had has been like a rock for us since since the Copa America I don't know if it, it was the pressure of the match you know having our fans and uh the fact that Peru had to you know is playing at home and has to be imposing they have to be the favorites and it's it's hard for us to play with that, um, with that cartel, with uh, 
that need to be not only uh, the team getting a result, but also dominant, also, you know, playing some nice football. And, and I think, I think that that made us play sloppy at first, uh, that plus the, the unfortunate changes to the lineup that I think Gareca was forced to, to enact. Um, he was doing the best he could with the subs, but it, you know, there, there was a drop off. There was a drop off in, in organization up, up top. And I guess it flowed to the back as well. But yeah, I, I think that early goal really got under everyone's skin just because it was, it was, it was way too early. It's not like it was a 15 minute, a 30th minute goal, the second minute. So it's all uphill just from, from the start of the match. Yeah, with the with the pressure you get from being being at home, the fans are in the stadium. Um, they're coming towards the uh, end of the qualifying round, and there's so much pressure to get through. It's um, it's it's going to be tough on the uh, on the players to try and keep their cool. And I was saying about the changes that were enforced. Obviously, Alan Quaver was suspended, um, and Lapadula's broken nose kept him out of the game. Um, the, you touched on the pressing Renato at first, then Kevin. I think you've reinforced what I was going to say with how it was from the top, um, from the forward line back that made, that had the issues. We seemed to be trying to press, but we didn't have the speed that we usually do with Lapadula and Cueva. Um, obviously, Omenia is a completely different player, and to to get him to play a role that Lapadula would in a in a out of possession just wouldn't work. There's no way of sending him out there. He's not that player like that. And I think that's um, something I guess we'll touch on with Omenia. He seemed to be um, set out to fail almost with the way he was being asked having to play. And there were so many gaps just forming because players were having to push forward to help with that press. Um, the Ecuador midfield was just picking up spaces around our midfield and being able to turn and run at the defence. Um, Renato, like, they, they, it was. It seems like there's a difficulty in trying to work out how to play without some of uh, without those two key players. Do you think? I mean, honestly, I just it depends how you see it because, well, the first thing you need to realize is that it's been, it's obvious that Ormenio is not the same type of like like forward that Lapadula is. With Lapadula, he's not just someone that gives like is fast like tries to defend, but he also gives you like a lot of mobility where you see like him get involved everywhere in the pitch and you even see him try like pressing like the any like opposition of the midfielders or defenders it in order to get the ball. With Armenio, he's someone that just waits in the area and would have to rely on long balls to give it to him and he would try to score. But really in a game like where you're facing Ecuador, you definitely would want to like to have a possession-based game where you want the ball all the time and try to bring it like to the goal line. But unfortunately, Lapadula's injury really had to, and also Cueva's suspension really had to find for us to change the game plan. It also had to bring us to bring Rossiel Garcia on the left wing, whose slow pace did not help do us any favors at all, which was another huge issue because with Cueva, not only do you have his creative genius mind, but his he's definitely see like his his velocity in helping us with our buildup usually. So the best way I could describe for us in that situation was unfortunately no Lapadula, no Cueva, no party. But I honestly felt like Gareca probably should have should have at least trusted Alex Valera from the start, especially after pressing in those friendlies. Like you definitely saw like how like Alex Valera was in a way playing a bit 
of La Padula role in those friendlies, especially in the, the friendly against Jamaica, where he was like pressing on those Jamaican defenders and midfielders. Of course, where he eventually became a goal, which I think actually, I think that goal that Valera scored was actually a result of him pressing the goalkeeper, which definitely goes to show you how, like Valera's abilities. Yeah, he's, um, but yeah, it's a different way, Kevin, that, um, that menu can be used. Maybe he's more someone who needs to be in a 4-4-2 maybe or some, something with another player up and around him. Um, but the, the, one of the issues I found, I don't know, I don't know how you felt uh, watching the game in that first half was they, they didn't seem to know how to um, how to use him in possession either, uh, other than to play a high ball. And I I struggled to remember a time where he came to um, receive the ball with his back to goal, but never um, I struggled to find a time where he received it to feet. It was always chest height waist height, uh, head height. There was never a ball into his feet, which so he, he was never able to receive that ball, link players up and get play moving. They just seemed to not, not really know what to do with him in, in either way in that first half, unfortunately. I think you're absolutely right. I, I don't recall him ever getting a, a clean through ball to his feet or anything like that, um, which, which, you know, it's, uh, it's unfortunate for him. And also his play style did not really work with the way Peru was, was trying to, to move their attack in this, in this match. Um, he was, he was too slow for the counter. Um, I think he was, he was caught out very many times. I think at one point, um, you know, I, we're, we're doing a counter and I'm looking at my brother. And I'm like, is that, is that your tune in, in the four nine spot right now? <laughs> Just trying to, you know, fight against the world as, as a nine. <laughs> and, yes. they, they, the midfield they tried their best didn't they yeah. absolutely absolutely but I, I was just I was in shock because it, it was it was not something I expected I you know I could have expected maybe uh Carillo to because to, you know sometimes Cueva or, or, or Carillo will will swap in with the nine on a counter but I just didn't expect it from Yotun and it kind of threw me off at that point um uh, it's unfortunate for Romeno. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna knock him too much because I think he, he would be useful in certain situations. Um, I, I think we'll talk about Valera in, in a little bit, but um, it, he just had big shoes to fill because La Padula had had synced so well with the team. I think I think Areca would have played him if it wasn't for the medical staff telling him no, he, he can't play and and he might have to have um, some surgery, which hopefully will recover in time for. The next qualifier. Yeah, hopefully so. I uh, like see. Uh, he's, I think yeah, Lapadula is obviously the one that we always go to uh, when fit. So hopefully, um, hopefully he'll be available for those games. He's obviously a, a top quality player. And uh, yeah, I think we're all in agreement. On menu, we've we've been delighted that he's we've managed to get him part of this Peru team. And it's uh, one game, well, one forty-five minutes where the game plan hasn't really gone to his style of play. Uh, there's no no reason to to write him off. He's got plenty to offer. It's just trying to work out work out how to make it work within this team. Um, so this this first half went uh, was difficult. We went in one nil down, um, and changes need to be made. And um, straight away, obviously, we had the two changes at half time, Renato, which really gave the front line a bit more um, dynamism. There was obviously Omenio came off um, for Canchita uh, uh, and Flores came on for Garcia. So it changed the, changed the, 
the way we're able to attack to a, a bit more of a similar pace and dynamism to what we were used to, wasn't it, Renato? Yeah, I mean, when I the more I kept rewatching that second half, I just wonder why did Gareca start Graciel over Canchita, who was originally people were speculating that Canchita was going to start, but what I, Canchita I saw at like. As you say, you saw like a lot of dynamism in Conchita, but also like some connect trying to connect with like with the four, which was at that point was playing with Carrillo was playing as a as the nine. But even then, you even saw like Edison Flores, like he was also trying to contribute into something. I know that Edison Flores scored a goal against Colombia, but I, something tells me that he was trying to replicate the magic that he did last time, and you could definitely see like, like Flores like like rediscovering his old form that he that we saw in the 2018 cycle. Now, of course, I felt like maybe the false nine, like, quote-unquote experiment didn't work because even though Kari was trying, I just feel like like he wanted to also be on, like, the right side. And at times I even saw him on the left, which was something that you really shouldn't be seeing with Kari, but, I mean, when you're playing that role, you could be confused, but. I will say though, the moment Valera came in, I think that's where like we you saw like a lot of like of life coming into Peru. Um, especially when we the fortunate equalizer that really gave us a lot of life where you saw Valera pushing against Piero Hincape or and then like that would eventually led to a pass ball to Canchita. I believe it was to Canchita or someone else. Then of course Flores with the header, which was fantastic to see because we First of all, Flores needed that moment once again. And that goal can absolutely be like, even if it if it just was a tie for us, I still think that result was something that we that could be valuable for us, given like the circumstances and how we started. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll go into later the ramifications or the, the points um going into the final two games, but the the uh the goal was much needed, the draw was much needed. Um yeah, to to lose it would have been would have been terrible. And like you say, the uh, the the goal came in fortunate um, scenarios um, with a uh, Ecuador player going down injured uh, before a um, a free kick um, for Peru. Uh, I, one of the uh, the Ecuador sub who was meant to be um, taking his place appeared to not be able to find his shirt. So um, Ecuador were down to ten men for this period through their own. Um, disorganization on the bench uh kevin like we, we've taken the the most out of that it's a very fortunate event but comical for us and uh terrible for the uh for the ecuador side absolutely it, it's actually uh you know something that's happened to us before uh most notably i think in, in the peru chile in lima of the the last qualifying cycle where i think um cueva got red carded and then Carrillo was injured by Vidal. So we were down two men and they scored like two on us by the time we could we could even get one sub in for, for the injured player. <laughs> it, it hurts. It hurts, but it happens, you know. Uh, one day it's me, next day it's you. So uh, you just got to play with it. I, you know, it's a it's a it's part of the game. And we we capitalized on it on it with uh with Flores who came in, you know, with with a vengeance. Like He's trying to prove himself. He's trying to prove that that he's still the guy. Um, maybe Gareca doesn't trust him right now to start because he, you know, he didn't start in in um, in Colombia and he didn't start here with Cueva suspended. But he's definitely 
proving himself why he's got the spot, why he's starting over uh, or, or getting subbed into four, you know, Gabriel Costa, um, uh, Raciel when it was in, uh, in, against him in, in Colombia. But I think because of his lack of match fitness, Gareca decided that he would save him for the second half, um, considering his, his poor performance against Panama in the, the friendlies right before these matches. Um, I, I think it also, you know, speaks of the, the FFF that, that we were having trouble with, with our nines. Like, uh, you know, right now our three nines, you know, La Padula, Ormeño, Valera, um, you know, we had to nationalize La Padula and Ormeño and Valera was not a professional soccer player the, when we played the World Cup just in 2018 uh, because he, he's a guy that came from beach soccer. Um, so Gareca is just trying to sometimes make do with with the the pieces in his in his you know in his toolbox, even if they don't all fit as they as they should, um, you know, taking out Ormeño and putting in Flores and Canchita, he's like, you know what, maybe just just playing the ball through will will create enough chances where we can shoot from outside the box, or just overwhelm their midfield, and I think it started working. It it didn't it didn't get perfected until you know Valera came in. But I, I understand the sentiment that the Gareca put into that, making those changes at halftime. Yeah, he uh, it seemed like he had an idea with Omenye to uh, bring in someone of a different style against those two um, those two centre backs. And obviously, Ecuador's central defence, young but very very good, um, very good partnership that they formed. And he looked to try and change, give them something different to think about, which they may not have may not have prepared for um, when looking at um, Peru. Um, but yeah, he's, he's made these changes and, uh, at half time and bringing in those different players and not, it's, it seems to be, he, he seems to know that we need to play at a fast pace. We need to put people under pressure. If, if we're building out and we're and players uh, teams have got their defense behind the ball, um, we're not breaking them down very well. Um, especially when you're losing someone of Quaver's quality that's not uh, not involved. Um, Flores, like you say, from lots of uh, injury issues over the past year, it's he's managed him really well, um, making sure that he can play those just those 45 minutes and coming on in that second half and giving everything uh, has caused an issue for the uh, for the opposing teams uh, it's, it, it seems to have worked well um, and Renato like Kevin's touched on this issue we've got with strikers uh, we'll go off tangent just slightly but um, we have these three fours Lapadulas in his 30s um, but um, Omenio and Valera, the, the two younger ones. After this, there's a big drop off. I mean, we have um, Percy Lisa, obviously at Sporting Cristal, but Peru is struggling with knowing how to um, replace these players. We've seemed to have got lucky with Valera almost um, coming through from beach soccer. Yeah, I mean, in Valera's case, he did like eventually, La Cabuma eventually discovered Valera, and then that's where he eventually came to Universitario to be, be the striker that he is known right now. But in a way, it is concerning that there's not much new faces on number nines coming in, especially when two of those options that you mentioned are not really products of Peruvian football. La Padua is really a product of Italian football and Armenium of Mexican football. I mean, you already mentioned there that Percy Lisa is definitely a player that we should be definitely keeping an eye out. He's already shown like 
his qualities when playing as a striker last year with Sporting Cristal scored like I think eight goals in last season. If you include the goals he scored in the B Centenario, seems like most he's been been totally impressing in the preseason. It seems like he could be the undisputed starting nine for Sporting Cristal. So definitely keep an eye on that. And perhaps if he does impress in the first matches of Liga One, I do perhaps we can definitely see Lisa called up for the March qualifiers, perhaps. But I also was thinking about Luis Everico as well. I mean, I know he usually plays as a winger in Elgar, but I when every time we, we see him play as a like as a striker, you definitely see like a different player in him because you see like something similar to La Padula in Valera, where you see like a lot of that mobility in the pressing. And also him trying like his best like to get into the area to score, which is actually makes sense because Eberico actually started out as a forward or a striker when he was with the Peru youth teams, where he became well known. Oh, he's been also he plays like as a left winger for the Arequipa club, but I do think that as a striker he gives you like a lot of mobility and also like a lot of pressing to like pressing, consider a similar fashion to Gianluca Lapadula, and as we saw with Valera. And uh, the times that we have seen him as a striker guard where Bernardo Quest is usually out, the goals comes in and you definitely see like more involvement with Iberico because as a winger, he, he's not the fastest, but when he's on like when he's in charge of like pressing and like getting involved, that's where you can see like his strengths. So yeah, um yeah, coming back on to obviously, yeah, we've got these Lisa and Iberico could be uh, useful players coming forward. Um but coming back to this to this Ecuador game, uh, you, Kevin, your overall impressions um, from it, it, it does it like me come back to the to the fact that we're a counter attacking team? We need to put teams under pressure, and that's that's probably how we should should address the uh, the next games going forward. Um, so I, I think it's a good attitude, but our next game is Uruguay away, and it is a a, a death match as as far as which one of us will, fingers crossed, not trying to jinx us, which team will go into direct qualification for the World Cup? Yeah. I think if we get a result there, whether it's, a, whether it's a draw or a win, it puts serious pressure on Chile. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, on Uruguay, because they're going to face Chile in their last match away. Uh, a Chile that could potentially catch them. Um, I, don't, I don't think Chile will, will do well in Brazil. But uh, against Uruguay, they could potentially get the win and possibly pull an upset on them. Um, but yes, I, I do. I do think going back to the topic, Peru needs to be more focused um, on how they want to to take these matches going forward. I think destiny is in our hands. Um, we have players coming into good form like Flores. Um, you know, Lopez is showing up. Tapia is playing excellent. Cueva is on fire. We, we have all the keys to, to make this happen. I think, um, personally, we're having a better qualifiers than, than last uh, last time around. And I'm, I'm happy for it. I can't wait for March. Already looking for my tickets. Yeah, it's going kind of, to kind of feel like a long wait now, nearly nearly two months. Uh, the end of March, we'll see these, these next games. We play uh, Uruguay on the 24th um, in Montevideo. Um, in Paraguay on the 29th at home. Um, Renato, we'll, um, we should uh, we should be risking uh, getting our players back um, for this game. Is there anyone who's um, 
particularly stood out for you over these last couple of games that you think, well, we've added some depth here and there's competition for places? Well, in terms of players that have stand out in these last games, I have to give like the major, major shout out to Renato Tapia. There was a time where, where we honestly had no, Peru had zero defensive midfielder like 10 years ago. We Our midfield, midfield was arguably like the area of nothingness for Peru where no one was marking out anyone in the midfield. Everyone just knew where to target by. But thank goodness we have a player like Tapia who's a monster when it comes to recovering, like marking just a madman in the midfield. But also Christian Cueva as well. I mean, it was a shame to be without him in the Ecuador match at home. But you definitely, if there's a man that is a symbol of the Gareca era, possibly more than, than Paolo Guerrero, it is Christian Cueva. The, that man can just get, get you the best out of Christian Cueva. He will give you the, the, the goals or the assists. And that guy's on a mission to like to redeem himself after missing that penalty against Denmark. And I do think he wants to go to, he definitely wants to go to guitar. I just hope that all the players are all like our key players are all available against Uruguay, which has Kevin mentioned, this is could be like the match that determines our fate. Absolutely. hundred percent. I do think that it could be difficult, but I do think that it's possible that we can win in Montevideo. I mean, we managed to win in Quito. We managed to win in Caracas in Venezuela. We we won in Barranquilla like a few days ago. We could definitely like make history by beating like Uruguay in Quito. I mean, not Quito, but Montevideo. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's obviously going to be a tough game. Uh, Uruguay um, themselves changed their manager, Diego Alonso. Now the manager. Um, Came away with two wins from his first two games, a 4-1 win over Venezuela um, and a 2-1 win over Chile. Um, he's Chile, like, uh, like we say, they've got Brazil next away, uh, which will be a very tough task. Uh, I think we're looking at hopefully getting three points uh, against Paraguay and this Uruguay uh, game will be uh, will probably be a bonus uh, at, uh, if if we can get that win, it will be incredible. If we don't, it's not the end of the world. Um, but it's something definitely to go for. Uh, Kevin, obviously, um, Renato highlighted how well Tappy has been playing. Is there someone you think could be one of the, the key men to be able to um, try and bring us three points back from Uruguay? I think uh, Tapia will be one of the one of the key players for the, that match. But I, I also want to, to give a shout-out to Zambrano who, you know, took over for Ramos after, a, you know, an in unexpected injury in the right before the, the Jamaica friendly, I believe. And and I think he's done enough to keep the spot. I, I honestly he's playing seriously. The man the man didn't go to the world when he should have been, you know, our, our highest rated center back at the time, you know, after El Mudo. I, I think that that's kind of eating at him. And I think he's trying to to prove that he needs to be in the next World Cup with Peru. I, I think he knows this is his last chance. If he misses this bus, it's not coming back again. Um, so I, I think the the way he'll he'll play in, in Montevideo could be a deciding factor. Yeah, he's how, been... how well we can at least hold a result. 
yeah, he's been very impressive the uh, over the two games. Been, he's formed a good partnership there with Kyans. Um, and hopefully we can uh, hopefully we can um, see some more good performances going forward. Um, so I think this, these these two games coming away with four points has been uh, a decent return. Six would have been amazing. We were all hoping four, but uh, I think four four was uh, four will be okay. Um, Renato, any last thoughts before we go away and uh, into the into the new uh, League One season, which will be uh, starting on Friday? Yeah, I mean. Thank goodness this FIFA date's over. I'm going to say that I'm satisfied for what we did. Um, we won in Brian Gita. Preferably, it would have been better if that we could have gotten those three points at home, but thankfully we were able to go with something of a point, and four out of six points is more as good as great good enough. And, yeah, I mean, Liga 1's coming back, and as of this recording, this Saturday, or Friday, no, this Friday, uh, um, can't wait to come back because, like, I think it's been delayed a few times already. But man, it's not to see like going after a FIFA date to doubt the soon legal one is just satisfying to know that in the end of next month it's gonna be like two final games that we'll see if we'll go to Guitar. And fingers crossed, we do go to Guitar. I'm sure we will. Yeah, thanks, Renato and uh, Kevin. Any, uh, anything you'd like to add before we uh, before we get going? I think um, coming into this these match days, four points would have been fantastic. Um, I think I you know expected it to be the opposite way. You know, one point in Barranquilla, three in three at home, but th- this way worked uh, probably better for us to be honest because Colombia's on the ropes right now. They they need they can only get up to what twenty three points at this point if they get two wins next match day, and if we get one win, we'll be at twenty four. So they're not really um, in competition with us anymore. I think they might be in competition with, uh, you know, with uh, technically we're in the fifth spot right now. <laughs> <So> I'll, <laughs> I'll keep my mouth closed on that. <laughs> no, I see what you mean. Yeah, I think we, we've done we've done well to give ourselves that cushion. Um, Colombia, incredible struggles in front of goal. Seven games now without a goal with that incredible forward line they've got. Um, uh, all sorts of problems there. Um, and Chile, unfortunately for us, winning in, in Bolivia in a crazy, crazy conditions um, has kept has kept this quite uh, tense going into these last two games. Um, yeah, we'll be we'll be hoping for the best uh, and looking forward to League One, I would say, starting on Friday. So uh, I think we've got uh, Cesar Vallejo uh, against uh, Cienciano kicking us off on Friday, uh, the first three games. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, resuming the pod, uh, talking about the domestic league for you uh, coming soon. So Kevin, Renato, thanks again. Uh, and we'll speak to you soon.